ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Spirit and Steinberg Podcast. Right here with Spears. How y'all feel out there? Ben Butler here. Good evening. Bartholomew Carrington III. Ten dollars a lot of money. Yeah. What time is it? Game time. Bug Space. Kick it. Hey there, boys and girls. Burt Bridgewater here. Today, Andy and Aries are going to be talking about some real man shit. This is a hardcore real man buffet. And this is about a documentary on Amazon Prime called The Last of the Action Heroes. In search of the last action heroes, Mr. Bridgewater. Don't ever interrupt me again before I... (laughs) Pull your fucking larynx out of your goddamn throat. Because that's what a real man does. And if we were really, really popular, we'd play a commercial. A truck commercial. Because real men drive trucks. And to all those pussy-ass guys who do those voiceovers for all those other trucks, you'll never sound as, as tough and as gritty as me. A real man. So much so that I would... Strap myself to the front of a Chevy Ford truck pickup, completely butt naked, with an erection, almost as though I were the ornament to a Rolls Royce, and I would have someone drive that truck at 140 miles per hour, and I'd ram my dick into those guys' asses who do those pussy voiceovers for those other pickup trucks. Because that's what a real man does. <laughs> so without further ado, here's Aries and Andy in search of a last action heroes. Okay. Dude, Burt Bridgewater sounded like he was doing some prison rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, this came to me uh, recommended uh, by somebody. I, I wish I could remember the podcast listener's name who said that we should watch this but I'm glad we did because this is true this is the epitome of man food and this is not only the epitome of it it really is from our era yeah uh, you know they, and you know they started off kind of with the uh, 70s late 70s yeah and then you know most of it the rest of it is pretty much the 80s and then the tail end they introduced a little bit of the 90s um but that's that's where I had a little bit of an issue about how they did it because they didn't give credit to the to the I mean they acknowledged him right but Charles Bronson was the oh yeah they they mentioned him yeah and, and they mentioned Dirty Harry with Clint Eastwood but those weren't the real first action movies what were I thought they were I mean I thought those were the I, first I thought, they kind of they were when they counted when it, when it, when it, okay the, the beginning. They, they kind of alluded to Westerns. Yeah, they breezed by, by those a little bit. I thought Westerns, I thought the old, uh, uh, like, war movies were the original action movies. I, I, I guess it just depends on how you look at it. They, they made a very specific genre that they were trying to create. Right. Um, well, one of the guys that they brought up, besides, uh, they brought up Charles Bronson. Well, here, let me just ask the question. 
Uh, they brought up Charles Bronson, Clint Eastwood, Sean Connery, and Steve McQueen. And I kind of thought of that bunch. Steve McQueen was the main action guy. Like, he was the biggest of those. Because Clint Eastwood kind of did, you know, with the Dirty Harry, but he also did a lot of dramatic shit. But he also did the... He was known for the Westerns and Dirty Harry, which to me, a Western is a Western. I, I don't know if I look at that as an action movie. At that time, that was the action movie. They hadn't moved into the, the, the genre as they're defining it in this. Right. But I thought it was at the time. But for me, though, it's... uh. It's Charles Bronson. Over Steve McQueen? You know, Steve McQueen is just a little bit out of my depth. No, out of, yeah, out of my purview. I was just a little, I was a little too young for Steve McQueen. Uh-huh. Now, Steve McQueen was awesome. He, was, he did all, I, I, and I know his movies were, were great. Um, but Charles Bronson is the one my dad took me to to see that. And, and then the other ones my dad took me to was, was the Bruce Lee movies, which to me, that's all action. It might be. Well, I got Bruce Lee down a little bit. Further down the trough. Okay, but uh, but I know in that seventies, yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I was just, I'm. I don't think that they, they kind of glossed over it, but I don't think they dev- defined what made what they're specific talking about. Specifically talking about is the action definition of the movie, and I kind of get it because there's a moment where they talk about, and and I don't, I'm sure it's going to come up. So let's just move into what your what your notes are because well, I, yeah, don't, I don't want to jump just, all over the well, place. Well, no, I, but I, I, you know, like, like I said. That might this might be out of my depth, but because uh, of course again I'm all '80s I'm '80s baby. But I remember from what my father would watch, Steve McQueen uh, was a big deal. Uh, like I said, um, Clint Eastwood was known primarily for the spaghetti westerns, westerns yeah, and Dirty Harry. Yeah. But he also did so many other movies that were like I said, play Misty for me. And just uh, he did comedies too, like yeah. comedies. So, <laughs> um, so he wasn't really. I don't know that you consider him an action guy. Um, and Bronson, the only thing I know him for is the Death Wishes. But those, those, those were those were enough. Did he do anything outside of that? Yeah, there's some other movies he did. I'm not going to remember them off the top right now. Right. But yeah, he had a, he had other movies. I he he did this one. I don't know if that was part of Death Wish. Is Death Wish the one where he's a assassin and then they hire another assassin to kill him? Oh, shit, I don't even know about that. Oh, I know it's Death Wish. It, it was such a good movie. Really? And you know what was cool about it to me, uh, as you get older, <laughs> is that he was old when he was in the action guy. Right. You know, and so, I mean, he def- he defied what I thought, you know, that would, would have been compared to what we grew up with as what's an action right. star. An older guy is not the action star. Well, I also like that they pointed out, uh, which I had always said, like in the 70s, action guys look like normal guys. Yeah. Whereas the Schwarzenegger and Stallone era, it was all about the muscles. And I think that's how they define kind of the beginning of that genre. Right. Is that, you know, they, and then we moved around, but that's, I think, where they're looking at the genre took on its its steam is right. with those two. Oh, okay. Um, now, just since we're on a time period, uh, the black guys of that era, um, which of course was, let's be honest, exploitation movies. Uh, I, I think Shaft might have been the first real major motion picture action star movie where it wasn't so uh, black, you know, uh, black exploitation ish. Uh, but 
tell me what you think of Jim Brown, Jim Kelly, and Fred Williamson. Well, I I never I didn't understand why Jim Brown didn't get Jim Brown was cool when he was in the movies. Right. He wasn't the best actor, but I don't right. think he needed to be well, for, for for an athlete too. Yeah. Right. So I love Jim Brown when he appeared when he sh- when he came up. Right. Uh and it, and then now I'm not like Jim I, Kelly. Jim Kelly good, but then the uh Fred Williamson. That was the one, man. You think so of the three? Yeah. Yeah, Jim Kelly was, you know, he was so he was special because he was like the first, I think, like martial artist, black martial artist. Uh, and then, of course, you know, later on, the, the 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 perfect version of that was Wesley Snipes. Yeah, and that's the one. And Wesley, I, I, listen, we can get into this too much because this isn't going to be what this this uh, um, doc was about. But Wesley Snipes defined so many different things. He was an action hero, first real like major star black action hero to me. I think to a lot of us. Yes. And the first real comic book movie that took off mm-hmm. that wasn't even credited as a comic book movie. Right. That was, that was a gr- Those were good movies until they got, you know, it'd have been nice if they, if one, they did credit it uh, like that. And if the timing was such that they could have brought him into the MCU, how cool would that have been to see Wesley as blade with, Iron Man and Cap, because he his tone was so I don't want to say dark, but serious. Yeah, but so yeah that that one got completely skipped over, and I don't know how it got. Uh, just bad timing, I think. Just the timing, maybe. And then his career took the hit. Obviously, you know right. he had some he had some uh, financial difficulties with the United States government. Blade didn't pay taxes, and that that set him back. And Howard Stern for famously said, and uh, listen, I mean, I'm I'm repeating what Howard Stern said. He said he was too dark to be. Yeah, Howard Stern said the reason he didn't get his due was that Hollywood liked lighter skinned black dudes, and that's why Wesley was was shunned from getting what he deserved. That's complete bullshit. Yeah, I'm just telling you, Howard I, Stern I, said I, that. I think Wesley got what he deserved. But like he was he, in the '90s, he was the guy. But his career. He never got the he. Where's his uh his Oscar role? I mean, but you, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that that's the measuring I'm, stick. I, I'm to. just saying that's what he said. He right. did. He did a whole. There was a remember whole. Denzel for a long time didn't get an Oscar when people felt he deserved it for several things. Yeah, and then he finally got it for Training Day, which everybody thought, yeah, it was good. It's a good movie. He was good in it. But damn, over you know Malcolm X. Over uh uh what's the movie he did uh uh fuck where he played the civil the the Af- oh, oh my uh, god uh, Aries don't do this and Denzel's my guy too um <laughs> Glory okay Glory not that one but Glory Malcolm X uh fuck it's Biko Stephen Biko oh okay yeah uh, uh where he played Stephen Biko so yeah there was a bunch of movies that that. Denzel should have got an Oscar for it. And then finally it felt like they just gave him one because no, it was Denzel. I think I think that it's hard to get, and I'm not, I'm not saying it shouldn't be. It, right. When you play a character, especially a character like Malcolm X, to get a, an award for that in from Hollywood. Right. So I, I I think he did a great job of it. But I think the training day showed a side that you never saw of, of him before. Yeah, he, he so, played, yeah. So that I think just for the fact that it was out of that 
um, out of what his normal moves right. were. I think that's what that's what got it for him. Dude, real quick, two you, you, you're not going to put anything on Hollywood that they would prefer, uh, 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 especially at that time, that they would prefer uh, a more. Uh, no, you don't. Not at all. Okay, I, I, I wish all. I could find the episode. You so know, could, one of the, one of the most one of the most. Uh, you know, he and he had a nice run. One of the most uh, workable actors, sought after actors back in the day was Louis Gossett Jr. Yeah, but no, he. The, and Lewis is as dark as they come. Yeah, and he got his. He got Officer and a Gentleman. He got. He got. What he nominated or won the Academy Award for that, and then couldn't get work for years. Well, you know, one of the curses to Oscars, Oscar winners, is they say you know, some some people win an Oscar and they they do less, uh, like Cuba Gooden Jr. How how you make snow dogs after receiving an Oscar? Yeah, well, and then there's the. The one dude uh, who won an Oscar for Amadeus. Um, Amadeus. Amade- white guy? White guy. And then he, he was doing Mystic Pizza, and he didn't work after that. Yeah, so there almost feels like there's a, a small curse. I threw a white guy in there just so you knew that the curse wasn't just a black curse. <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> as I always say, white tigers exist. Nigga. You know, it, it happens. Um, two quick things. Uh, number one, uh, speaking of Howard Stern, did you see the clip? Uh, somebody, well, for my Instagram got suspended. Uh, the clip of you gonna, um, you gonna address that at all? Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, Woody, ha- uh, no, no, yeah, fucking Howard Stern did a clip where he's in blackface, um, and I think he's with a white person, and he just you know he you know he imitating what he thinks niggas sound like and says nigga like forty seven times, so. I don't put too much stock in what Howard Stern says. I, not uh, that that's an old clip, though. It wasn't like he did. Yeah, I know it's old. Clip. Uh, okay, well, I'm just making sure yeah. that he didn't do something I didn't know about. Right. Well, you saw that clip. You know that clip. It, it's it's an old clip. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's it's come out. It's circulated several times. Right. Um. So fuck what he thinks. Uh. And then also, it's a funny. I've seen this funny clip on YouTube where they show the reaction to actors not winning an Oscar. Uh, that they it, it, like a bunch of act they yeah. give the nominees and then when they call who the winner is you could see in the boxes of the other actors who didn't win hilarious it, it just goes to show you no matter how much these motherfuckers try to make you believe they don't care or that they're humble dude that that fucking arrogance that that fucking I deserve it comes all over their face. Dude, this goes on how how long you, you get nominated, then how many weeks goes by, and then they they have all the other awards ceremonies, and and you're there in a room with the five other people. Now, of course, you're going to make a face. You, you, well, you're on camera, and you're not supposed to. You're yeah, supposed to be gracious you're, in defeat. You are. You want to be gracious. I mean, I I would feel like if I was in that industry where I I was nominated for an award like that, and I had four other people besides myself that were up for that award. I'd feel great for them. I'd want. I. I I'd feel excited for to be in that group, as they say. Right. But once you get there in that moment, there's a second where you want it just as bad as those other four I, guys. Listen, I, I'm all about the honesty. I, yeah, I think it's fair. I, I think you should be like be able to go, man. I'm happy for him, but damn, that second. Right. You know, I wanted it just as much as he did. So I said that to say, uh, there's a clip of Denzel, and when the other person wins it, you could just see it in his face. He, he, I mean, you just see it. He was pissed. Uh, and like I said, I, I, you know, I like that honesty. I think it's, I, I think that for us to pretend 
Like, you, I, I, and I like when they say, I'm just happy to be nominated. Of course, you're happy to be nominated. But no one wants to get to the 99, uh, to the, I mean, the one inch line and lose the Super Bowl right. on one inches. And right. we'd be go, yeah, but I'm really happy for the other guys. Right. No, you worked hard <laughs> for it. You wanted it to. You could be happy for your friends right. on the other team. You could be happy for the coach on the other team. Right. But deep down, you know, you wanted it. So just right. say, yeah, man, I wanted it. I'm happy for the dude. But at that moment, Right. I wanted it just as bad as he did. Right. What's wrong with that? <laughs> That's still gracious. Right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, now I'm here, Bruce Lee. Uh, dude, I I was watching this thing and I was going, why was there such a huge gap in between Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan? Because he was Asian. Well, I know that, but I'm I'm just saying, like, okay, you answer. I'm you're answering my question. But still, like that, I'm just like, you know, Bruce obviously is the 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 he's the Don Dada, he's the originator, he's the we all bow down to the master. Uh, and then, you know, of course, Jackie Chan came and took Hollywood by storm. Uh, and and Jet Li, I thought was going to be bigger than he was. I thought he should have been bigger than he was, but he came and went. His big intro into America was uh, Lethal Weapon Four which he was great in. And I thought from that he was really going to take off, but he really didn't seem to do much else until he was putting the expendables. Yeah, you know, you know, for, for just the fact that I'm never going to have a career in this industry anyway, I might as well just say it this way. When you have a group of all white executives working with all white managers, working with all white agents, and I'm not trying to white this up. And you know, I, I fight and say that, things should be even and things in my right. should be's. And I, so I'm not doing it for that reason. I'm just being honest. And then you have an Asian guy, especially back then when, you know, he wasn't, couldn't be the, even though he was the lead, they kind of made him in the green Hornet where he wasn't the lead. <laughs> right. You know, they, they, you know, you call it white tricks, but how are all those people going to know how to package an Asian dude who's doing Kung Fu? I mean, Bruce Lee hit because he was hit. his movies that he made in Ch in China were hitting here, and people were going to see him. So they were like, uh, "We don't know how to do this, but we'll just make one that looks like that one." But they always claim they don't know how to do something uh, when it's like you do know how to do it. But but you know, uh, you you rest on your racist laurels and believe that you know he's not sellable because he's Asian. No, he's not sellable because you don't know how to package it. But the reason you don't know how to package it is because if everybody looks the same way in the room, that's all you know how to package. I mean, if if you had a, a, a tea company that sold tea and you wanted to move into the coffee business, you would get someone who knew about coffee. <coughs> right. You wouldn't just go, well, how are we going to sell coffee? Well, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like you, you don't, you, based off your racist beliefs, you don't want to. But if, if but if what you just said you know that there's someone out there that knows how to get the job done. You know what I'm saying? So that's just resting on old bullshit. But if you if they really wanted to, they could do it. There's always a way. Well, and it's not even that hard of a way to figure out. 
you know, just this has been going on forever. When you go to, when we go to many different cities, with especially like especially like in Texas, go to Texas. How many channels on your cable channel are all Hispanic speaking channels? Not many. No, check it out. There's like seven to ten channels that are all. Well, I mean, and and oh, in the in the yes, yeah. in the in the but, a broader yeah. right. But then, if that's on cable, how come there isn't any marketing to those people? Uh, right. It's right. you know, it, it's never been marketed that way because you know they just they let that be a niche market. They think like in the black market, thirteen percent. What is it? Thirteen percent of the country. We're only missing thirteen percent. That means we're still getting eighty-seven percent in their in their bad math, not right. accounting for the other groups of people. I'm just saying that's why I'm not. I'm not saying that's the pass. Right. I'm just being, let's be obvious, be honest about it. I mean, like, that's what's nice about being old and entering my state. I don't have to worry about what they think. Uh, yeah, that's why they need to. Uh, and they are opening up the door more. But this has been going on for fucking ever. Like, you know, <clears throat> and it's unfortunate because you go. <clears throat> it's always sad when somebody's shit is cut short when it just felt like they were about to pop, you know. Obviously, yes, in Hong Kong, uh, Bruce Lee was a star there. <clears throat> and then eventually coming to America with the thing that was about to, you know, blow the roof off was End of the Dragon. Yeah. That's his first big major uh, theatrical United States release. Uh, and then from there, obviously, I thought skies would have been the limit. Same thing with, you know, I thought Patrice O'Neill, Elephant in the Room, was about to change everything. Uh, but... Unfortunately, uh, Bruce's shit was cut short, but it would have been interesting to see where he would have gone or where he could have taken it uh, had he lived. Well, I think Bruce Lee would have had a great run, but the problem with Bruce Lee, when you just said he was, you know, he he was famous in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's famous, but he's, they're also mad at him because they're he's teaching and bringing that culture to American. Don't America. teach the Quilo. So. You know, that was that's, you know, he was he was battling both sides. Right. Uh, was Jaws an action movie? See, I think Jaws is an action movie, but it's not an action hero. So it doesn't. Well, it doesn't register. Yeah. Some of these movies that they said had action heroes. I didn't right. see it as an action hero. He's not an Jaws is all about action, but it's not. And, and honestly, it's not actually action. I would actually go to say that there's movies that they're going to bring up. Jaws was almost like uh, a scary movie because it's the, the it was to, there was action in it, but it was to right. scare you. There was right. moments where you're looking and then you know that scares you. That's being scared is not action, right? Because there's some other movies that they brought up in this. Yeah, that, like, that's now we're talking about that's a, its own genre, right? Horror. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I didn't see it as an action movie because I remember the one guy said Jaws was the first real action movie. And I'm going nah, yo. No, it's it's a horror movie. It, it it really is a horror movie because it that's its intent is to scare you, right? And and it's shot in a way that I mean, action movies they're not hiding anything from you. They're showing you the whole development of what's going to happen. The, the the leading up to the big ass kicking scene, right? That it wasn't Jaws wasn't that. Now I'm 46 and you are 56. 56. So we both know this. We both saw this. We both grew up with this. What year did they stop using the voiceover guy for movies? That one? I don't know. <laughs> that one was... <laughs> Motherfucker. And was it the same dude? No, I don't think so. It might have been, but he changed his voice later. Because you do him, right? And and uh, I know Pablo, Pablo Fran Francisco. Francisco does him really good. 
because he does the little tortilla boy. In the summer, Clint Eastwood is like Jesus, dude. Could that guy ever turn that shit off? He died. You, you, did they, he? That's the reason he stopped doing it. Really? He died. I thought it was just because they finally went, we don't need to use him to sell the movie. The commercial sells the movie. Dead. Really? Yeah. And you think that was his real voice or that was a put on? I think that was extra, but that voice in the in the 80s when we were watching, right. it wasn't developed until that point. It was right. it was like halfway there. Right. God, be that guy in his real life. Honey, what's for dinner? I'm horny. If I pull my cock out, will you suck it? He would have been good in porn. It would have been good in porn. Maybe. It might have been too distracting. <laughs> Three black guys, not on a white woman's face. Black loads matter. <laughs> Um, dude, uh, I know some people gonna probably this is gonna be blasphemous for me to say. Uh, Road Warrior Mel Gibson did nothing for me. The Mad Max movies never did nothing for me. I see, I like the Mad Max movies. Did you really? Yeah, I mean, you have to go with the fact that it's uh, there's nothing there, like it's like it's the end of the world, right. And these are the few little tribes that have survived. Yeah, it's too wild and weird for me. Really? Yeah. And I know that's when Mel, uh, that was kind of his introduction into, yeah. you know, the world. I, I um, Because they didn't bring it up. I'll bring it up since you brought it up. Waterworld with. Uh, oh, our, our Costner. Yeah, Kevin Costner. That was Mad Max on water. And it was terrible. terrible. Now right. that was terrible. Uh, and, and which which that almost ended his career. Uh, I don't think his career is endable. No, he, he's not what he was when. Listen, Untouchables made his career, but Waterworld damn near ended it. And after Waterworld, I mean, obviously, yes, he still worked, but he wasn't no. working like you know it wasn't Untouchables. But that movie wasn't his fault. I mean, that movie, man, that and that was the first. Hundred million dollar movie, was it? Yeah, that was the first hundred, and that's why it, that it might even been more than a hundred million. But that's why his career took such a hit because that was the most expensive movie ever up to that point. That had nothing to do with. Him. I mean, he was in it, but it had nothing to do with him. That was that was a bad movie from the beginning. Oof. Yeah, dude, I I know I'm, I'm I know I'm crazy, but like I said, I think movies with certain elements are dangerous. Always say movies that take place in the snow suck, except Cliffhanger. Now, there's other movies that take place. Movies that take place on water. Gotta be careful with shit like that. Titanic. Oh, okay. You, okay. But, you know, here's the thing one kind of setting, you better be a good movie. If you take place in one setting and all you're doing for two hours is looking at water, you better be a good fucking movie. Revenant would take place in the snow that you haven't seen yet. I, I'm going to see it, but I know I'm not going to like this. You're going to like it. All right. Um, oh. Okay, this is kind of a silly guy question, but between Sly and Arnold, who obviously were the two Titanic action stars of the 80s, 
of that era, between those two, which one is Jordan and who's Magic? Jordan Magic. That's a tough one. You know what? Uh, I'm going to have to go, and it's not that I like one better than the other. Ooh. No, I, I guess I go this way. Uh, I have to make uh, Swartz and Hager uh, magic because in the 80s, I couldn't understand either two those two fuckers. Man, I couldn't understand either one of what they were saying. Sly and... and, and no, mean, no. Mag- oh, magic. that's hilarious. Ma- yeah, magic and Swartz That's hilarious. I didn't know what either one of them were saying. That's hilarious. So then that would make <laughs> Sly join. Yeah. That's hilarious. But I give Sly more than I give... Uh, Arnold, only Clean, because... Clean, get to the post. I'm going to pass you the ball to your Skyhook. <laughs> yeah, Michael Cooper. Brandon, Byron Scott. You're on the wings. I'll pass you the ball. You shoot it. Yeah. And then his teammates would have been, Magic, you're really speaking it eloquently. <laughs> um, <coughs> but Sly wrote his his own, a lot of his movies. Yeah. And he was he was on the creative side. That's why I would give right. him a little bit of an edge over uh, Arnold. You know, it's funny, uh, Mike Jai White, um, who you know, you know, for as talented as Mike, Mike is a badass motherfucker, especially with the martial arts shit. I don't know that his acting is super stellar, but he feels like a guy that should be out there like that for a black dude, but. Most of his movies seem, I hate to say B kind of movies, but they just don't have that that cinematic flair uh, that some of the bigger guys have. But one thing Michael Jai White said, he goes, yo, Sly's one of the smartest dudes in the room. Sly's sweet. And when you think about it, yes, writing uh, in terms of what he did in the 80s, acting-wise, action-wise, he goes, you know, it's unfortunate because the Rocky guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It, it kind of makes this, you know, it's dumb. Like, you know, uh, but he goes, yeah, man, Sly's the smartest. If Sly walked into a room, he'd be the smartest guy in the room. Uh, and it's just unfortunate because it just, damn, like, you know, that stigma hangs over his head. Well, before he did Rocky, he was in the movie The Lords of Flatbush and he played the same similar character. So people just thought that that was him. Right. And, you know, when you do a few roles that are similar to that, that's right. what you're going to get. But no, he, he obviously he's smart, and you know Rambo, <laughs> although it wasn't the 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 guy that Rocky was, right. it wasn't like you thought. Oh, this guy is a PhD, and he's rolling in here too. So, right. like those three, the, I mean, those movies at the beginning of his career, they kind of put him in that category. But no, I heard it, that he is obviously he's really smart. Yes, when he uh, took Beverly Hills Cop, and this is where he, you know, he couldn't play the Beverly Hills Cop that uh, Eddie Murphy played. He played Thank and rewrote. God. Yeah, he rewrote it and made it into uh, Cobra. Right. And they talk about that in this. Uh, yeah. And, you know, but he was smart enough that he had a hit. It wasn't a big hit like, uh, uh, obviously, Beverly Hills Cop, but Cobra right. was its own hit and it was its own time. Um, no, that's a smart dude. Listen, here's where I just bow down, bow down to him. Listen, man, to do a franchise is one thing, which is incredibly difficult. That dude, too. I mean, if you took away every film in his filmography except the Rockies and the Rambos, this motherfucker had two major hit franchises. That's it's like winning multiple rings. 
That, that you know, again, a guy who's not, I, I don't think, would, he's done action movies, but he's not really an action guy. He's more of a regular dramatic actor. Harrison Ford. I mean, Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Yeah. That's fucking huge, man. And he also has, uh, what else was his other, besides those? Like those clear and present dangers? No, he, yeah, I think those, yeah. Uh, which didn't last that long. But yeah, he, but, but and was, they, they weren't as connected as Star Wars and Indiana. No, but here's the other thing about Sylvester Stallone. He wasn't a bodybuilder. I mean, he got in shape because of what he did. Right. And maybe, as they say in, the, in this documentary, was a little challenged by Schwarzenegger, so he wanted to get a good shape. Right. But to do that Rocky series as long as he did, yeah, and and to stay in shape like that, he's not. He wasn't a young man even right. when we got into the later Rockies. Still working out, still staying. Dude, crisp. listen, you know his body in Rocky Two versus his body in Rocky Three. Yeah, like and Rocky Two was still seventies, right? Yeah, but I think so. Again, so when you look at those action guys of the seventies, Bronson, Eastwood, uh, Steve McQueen. Throw Sly in there with Rocky Two. They look like regular dudes. Rocky Three obviously was eighties, and that's when you could see it—the the, the in shape, the chisel, the muscles. So yeah, and he had to stay that way. And that's one of the things he talked about is why he, you know, he wanted to get to the end of the Rocky franchise so that he didn't have to be right in that kind of shape. Mark, what you know, uh, Mark Wahlberg is he even? How much was he mentioned in this? Not that much. Not, not at all. Not at all, right? Yeah. I don't think he, yeah. that's his, that's not his time period. No. But he talks about that too, because one of the movies that he made, I don't even remember which movie it was made, but it was on hold. Right. And it kept getting put on hold. And he had to stay in that shape, that pristine shape. And that's, I mean, that's dedication too. I right. mean, that's, you know, when you talk about someone like Sly, and he gets right. known though for being one uh, dimensional. And, but, you know, this dude's, not only is he talented, but then he's disciplined. Right. You know how hard, I mean, looking at the two of us on, if you're looking at us on video, <laughs> we ain't the most disciplined people in the room. But I mean, I don't know if I could do that. Even if I had the great story, could right. could I stay that way for years and years? Yeah, you know. Yeah, discipline. But I, I think there's something. I don't give it to Arnold that way because that's what he did before. No, yeah, 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 yeah. People who are, Matthew McConaughey, and he was never not an action guy at all. But it, some people are just addicted to that shit. I, to be addicted to weights and and the right diet, like it turn it makes your dick hard. The same way you be a fat motherfucker is dedicated to donuts and pizza. But donuts and pizza is fun. <laughs> weights and you know vegetables ain't fun. But there's some people who are. Addicted to that shit. If it's part of your lifestyle, but I don't always <clears> think it works though, because don't forget, and I, I, I know I'm going way off this doc, but Joe Piscopo, remember when he got into bodybuilding or like real heavy weight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. looked, he wasn't funny anymore. It didn't look fun. <laughs> right, he didn't right, look right. fun anymore. Right. Uh, yeah. Damn. <laughs> um, and I love that moment where they show uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in the coming out of the movie theater. Well, coming out of someplace, and he sees the Rambo poster. Yeah. And he feels his bicep and then looks at Sly and just waves him off and laughs. <laughs> that was some nice tongue-in-cheek shit. Um, <clears throat> go ahead. But wouldn't you... I mean, I think that that's what this doc really gets into. Without those two and without the competitive... Competitive... 
competitiveness of those two and who they were. And at that time period, you don't have these this action genre no, to get listen, the way it man, was. They, they, this is why I'm saying, like, when I said Magic and Jordan. Yeah. Like, they were the guys. Anybody that's coming after them, and I know The Rock is the guy now, but anybody that's Vin Diesel, The Rock, they uh, they all owe it to to them too. Them dudes was the, was the masters. Um. Okay, here's a good one. In your opinion, how come Chuck Norris never really caught on? He like, did. Like he not like Sly and Arnold though. Again, he felt like the the little cousin to those two. Well, he had a little. He had a series of movies <clears> that he had, <throat> you know, that came out, and I thought he hit. He just wasn't, you know, he was Chuck Norris. Right. <laughs> what does that mean? He's just Chuck, he was Nor- Chuck Norris. Norris. Well, he's a white dude doing, you know, um, he's a master kung fu master. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. About, I don't know if he was a kung fu master. I know he was a master of some karate or some shit. Right? I, I don't know which which form, but he right. was a master. Um, you know, and he had other businesses too, though. He had his, he had his studios, uh, all his, uh, you know, his, oh, Kempo, I think he was Kempo Karate. I mm. think he was master of Kempo. Uh, so he had, uh, all his karate studios. He had that going for him. Um, I think he did what he wanted to do. I mean, he did his tel- t- TV series for a while. Right. I, I just don't know that. It's so- but it's something in the way you said it that I think most people st- see it when you go it's chuck norris I, I think that's a shared sentiment amongst people it's chuck norris when uh okay i'll put it this way though uh sylvester Stallone is like the peak right he got in playgirl women wanted to fuck sylvester Stallone. i didn't want to fuck chuck norris i don't i don't hear like women just going you know, chuck norris no right. like, i want to fuck chuck norris <laughs> I mean, Chuck Norris is cool as fuck, but right. I don't think that he had that crossover. But I think his way. biggest movie was Delta Force. Yeah. And those never felt as big as Rocky, Rambo, anything Schwarzenegger. But I, you know what? He just, that wasn't, I just don't think that that's who he was. He wasn't like that, those right. guys. Right. Uh, and, and, and his fuckability, I think, is definitely different <laughs> than those other guys. And that's right. part of what Hollywood wants. Right. Because they want to sell you. Right. I got you. Um, dude, I don't know if you do. You remember Shokazuki? No, man. And the only reason why I, I like my, like I said, my brother's in the heavy martial arts, but uh, Shokazuki, he had like two ninja movies, uh, and that, I, and that's all I ever saw of him. And I remember them in the one movie there was the scene where so, he's a cup of coffee sitting on a desk. And somebody knocks op- over the cup of coffee, and he catches the cup and then the coffee. Oh, I do think I remember this. Yeah, but he, he yeah, he, he kind of was a, a, a quick in and out. But I was like, damn, when they showed him and they showed that movie, I went, oh shit, Shokazuki. I, I, I'm pretty sure I remember that. Right. What was it? You don't obviously. I don't, I don't remember the name, the name of the movie. Um, and then, dude, this broad, I, we talked about it a little oh, bit yeah. last night. Cynthia Rothrock. Ro- 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 Why do you say this bitch's name? Ruth Cynthia, Rock or something. Ruth Rock. R O T H. Ruth Rock. Yeah, Ruth Rock. Bad bitch, nigga. I never, I, I, I'd never seen her or heard of her 
But when they showed her action fights, I mean, as fast as a Lamborghini, fierce, a bad white broad, man. But they always try to cute her up at the end, like off, after her fight scenes. There was always a cute thing that was said. Or, you right. Know, um, yeah, she was. She was a real deal. <sighs> but I don't think that, you know, they, uh, again, I don't think they knew how to package her because. They, That's so unfortunate, dude. <sighs> they could have had an action here, a girl's action hero back then. And was like, not even on some, oh, she fights like a, yo, she fights like a girl. Yo, she fought like a dude. Well, she fought like the art form. Right. So. Um, that might be so insulting to girls who are in the martial arts. What's fighting like a girl? But you know what I mean, motherfuckers. But yeah. Yeah, that she could deliver the same kind of force. She could deliver just force, yes. Yeah. Uh, she was interesting, you know, uh, but uh, honestly, I'm, I'm not trying to shit on her or her, her talent. I'm not. But I felt like they used her kind of almost gimmicky in the movies when she would appear. Like a gimmick, like this girl. Had, had, had you ever seen a whole movie with her? No. I saw where she was playing alongside other people. I didn't know. Did she have a whole movie? I mean, she was obviously in, in, the, in the movies that she was in. I'm sure she was. She they, wasn't like second banana. No, but they used her like his. It, it wasn't like, oh, look at this powerful girl. It was like, oh, a powerful. It, it was just it was just different how they delivered her. Right. Uh, I might have to go and watch some of her shit because she was. I mean, obviously it's gonna feel dated, but uh, yeah, she she was she was a bad bitch. Um, and I mean that with all due respect, just in case I ever run into you somewhere. I don't. <laughs> I really do mean it, though. I thought that they could have used you differently. Um, Rambo one, two, and three, I I thought were great. Uh, but then the two older versions of Rambo. I just thought were ridiculous. I told you again, I'm, you know, I'm, I like to be gore free. And I, I was just going, why is he taking it there? Why, why, why is it overly ridiculously violent? Well, because one, all the other movies were getting more violent and they talk about that in the doc. But the other thing I don't know if they mentioned that because they could, they had more technology, more available. It was available to do. And so of course, every director, every, you're going to get your chance to take it up. You're going to take it up. You know, there's something to be said for being able to still deliver, still be a great action film. To me, that's the testament of a great action film is when you don't have to go there. Yeah, you're doing it because you can, but just because you can doesn't mean you should. You can still be a great action movie and deliver all of that without, to me now, it feels like you're relying on the gimmicks. And that last, again, in that last Rambo movie, this nigga... Pulled a Mortal Kombat Kano. <laughs> he literally put his hand and snatched the nigga's heart out of his chest with his bare hand. How the fuck could you possibly do that? That is suspension beyond of disbelief beyond belief. That's just ridiculous. You know, but people went to go see it because of that. Uh, uh. You don't need to do that to sell me on the movie. No, I mean, there is there is uh, a talent to not, uh, you know, to making your mind put those scenarios in without seeing them. That, I mean, Quentin Tarantino, when he did uh, Reservoir Dogs, you don't see that ear being cut off. No. But you felt the ear being, you, you felt even more grossed out. And I mean, eventually it. you cut to the dude and you could see it was off. And yeah, and he's whole, and, and right. uh, Madison is... Uh, singing into it right. or talking into it. But even that's believable. 
You could do that the way he did it. Yeah. Nigga, you snatching a man's heart out of his chest with your bare hands? Yeah. Oh, that's just stupid. Yeah, there's something to say. You know, I, I think our minds are more dangerous than what they can show you. So, yeah, if you can make it that way, that's good as well. But they had the technology and they could show Oof. it to you. So they did it that way. I remember uh, Patrice had mentioned, uh, and I know I've probably mentioned this, but Patrice had mentioned with Jim Norton, they were talking about the, the latest Rambos. And uh, <laughs> he said, Opie said, was it good? No, it was bad, but it was good. Because <laughs> yeah. he was like, I'm going to shoot an arrow in your neck and the point of the arrow come out through the top of your head. Like it was just, it was just so grotesque. Yeah, but I loved I loved Django, but damn it, all that like the shootout scene with Jamie in the house just it felt like ketchup bottles were exploding. You you didn't love the the idea in that tight little room and they're shooting and they're missing each other and then they're hitting each other and the you didn't like a quarter blood on yeah. every bullet hit. That was ridiculous, dude. I I think that whole I would never eat a burger while watching that. Oh, I would. Oh, <laughs> oh. Um, dude, I didn't know it till they showed it. You got the touch. Oh, we're you got the power. We're that was from Transformers. Yeah, we're originally the came cartoon. From. Yeah, we're originally. I never knew that. I thought that was some shit that Mark Wahlberg just made up in the fucking movie. Well, there was a moment when Steve was doing our he's doing our podcast, and we said we we need that. We got the touch in it. He used the original one. Really? Yeah. Because he didn't know that it was because we didn't we didn't give the proper instructions, right? And so he put it into the to you know Google, and it came out with that one because that's the original. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty. That was kind of cool. And that was my cartoon as a kid too, dude. But it, did you agree that the soundtrack was? You know, they made it sound like this is the first time soundtracks were used. Soundtracks had been selling movies. Really? I, I thought, thought I thought that happened no, in the eighties. Well, no, because all the sound. Um, what the, what's his name? Uh, yeah, I guess that is all '80s actually, because it was uh, Kenny Loggins was mm-hmm. the one who was the the you know they had that one guy in this, but Kenny Loggins right. was like the soundtrack king of the '80s, right? But it wasn't action movies; it was like Flashdance, and uh, he was in just I don't uh, Top Gun. I guess that's action though, right? So, but that that was that's Kenny Loggins, man. Okay. Um, they called him an action guy, but I really didn't see him as an action guy. Kurt Russell. Well, he he did that um, Escape from New York. Yeah, I knew that. And then was there a sequel to that? Did he do two? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. Um, like he had the ability to do action, but yeah, he they, wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't really. You know, the thing about Sylvester Stallone and, and, and again Arnold, you know, um, slides that they 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 had a rough or they were. Kurt Russell's pretty. Like he's like a What the fuck happened to his son? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, he just had like, you know, he has all the happy features. You know, he has dimples. Right, right, right. He's not, he's not the person who, but I thought he did a snake Pliskin in, right. in Escape from New York. I thought he did a great job. But right. that had that cheesy 80s. It wasn't the same kind of action movie that we're talking about in this documentary. Right. That's a different kind of deal. And I, one of my favorite movies with Kurt Russell is uh, Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash is good. Which I never understood why they never made a sequel. Well, they said that they were wanted to, though, in, in this thing. Yeah, but they never did. Yeah, I, th- I love Tango and Cash. 
Uh, and while I was watching that, I, I thought, man, a funny comedy skit would have been if they did a remake, a spoof, uh, Django and Cash. <laughs> uh, if TV was around when uh, that was happening, that would have been a, a, a great skit to do. Um, but yeah, I love Tango and Cash, man. Um, solid. That's that's definitely a, a nice man food movie. It was good. It, I I didn't love it as much like you do, like because it was a little hokey. It was a little hokey. Yeah, yeah. Um, dude, Aliens one and two, fire. Aliens three and four, garbage. It's it's, it's not an action movie. I'm sorry. No, it's a horror movie. It's made to scare you. It's not. I mean, I know that they included it. In you know this. why they did it? Because it was a woman. It was a woman, and there is she, and especially when she, you know, she got buffed up for yeah. her, and she does attack the alien. She goes yeah. after after the alien. Get away from her, you bitch! So I get why they want to put that in that genre, right. but to me, it was made to scare you. Everything's built up suspense. Boom, scares right. you. That's a horror movie. That isn't uh, an action movie in the same way. I'm gonna I'm gonna let them have it because, right. like you just said, I know what they're up to. Right. I do feel it 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 it, it connects with that genre. But right. to me, that's that's like that's a horror movie, man. That right. that's built just to scare you. Do you agree though? I mean, one and two were great, and two was better than one. I like one and two, and I always go with one. And the reason I always go with one because you can't have two without the first one. I've never right. seen uh, like a, a a great like a really shitty one, right? And then there's this great phenomenal too. But they're close. I, I understand why people like the second one. And again, usually it's hard for two to top one, but two to me blows one away. I mean, yeah, the action sequence again. There's when, there's the, the when they brought in all the soldiers yeah. and all that. Uh, there, there's great moments in it, and then there's the story is better. Obviously, the story is, is really good right. in, in uh, two. But in one, I mean, once that thing goes onto the dude's face in one, and right. that that establishes that what it is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you beat that because you can't have this movie without that. That is so critical. I'll never forget. That will stick with me for my whole life. What, the thing on the face? Yeah. More than the alien popping up out the stomach? Yeah, because I was so scared when it came out and you just hear the, and I thought they did a good Ugh. job with what they had tech, technology-wise. And right. like what you're saying, they don't have to go all over the world, but just that, that sound that it made, they made right. that great sound and you just, you heard like the tail screeching on the right, floor when right, it was running. Right. But, and and now when you look back at it, when the alien pops out of the dude's, it isn't the same now. It's when you see almost like this little hand puppet that goes right. and goes, and then runs right, off. Right. Um, it was, uh, I think the attack, getting on and attaching was the, the moment that got And me for that time, that alien coming out of the stomach was huge. That was huge. That was. But I love the part where you find out the dude's a robot. Oh, speaking of which, you know, uh, I know in two, he's ripped apart. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember if one did something happen where they exposed him. Um, but for a long time, I couldn't drink milk. <laughs> I couldn't drink milk, dude. <laughs> Eventually, I came around because I like pastries. When they hook the head up and it's just like... Bah, yeah, bah, bah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Did you like three? Where she's in the male prison and she's bald. That's with Charles Dutton. Yeah. Did I like it? No, but it was... I mean... No. 
I don't think it held up to the rest of the right. the other two. But yeah, it was you know. And four. Uh, I don't even the, remember four. With Winona Ryder. Yeah, I don't remember it. Yeah, it was not rememberable. Yeah. Um. Oh, I love this. Uh, in RoboCop, the guy that played uh, in the first one. The, the the crooked the the, the yeah, bad yeah. yeah the bad guy chief I, yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. he was he talked about he had a quote uh, and he basically said non non artistic people making decisions they have no business making I I, I was on the plane and I applauded because <laughs> how many times have I been saying that yeah it just just Hollywood just get out the way just write the check believe in the people you have. Let geniuses do what they do. And just, come on, man, fall back. Oh, I loved it. Um, Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Did you like RoboCop? I loved it. Yeah, I, I did too. Two, I wasn't, wasn't crazy about. But the first one, I amazing. thought that was the coolest shit ever. Do you have a Total Recall coming up in here? I think I do. Um, do you agree or disagree? Lethal Weapon is the best buddy cop movie ever made. You think about buddy cops. Uh, Nothing to me beats that. Yeah, I guess. I'm, I'm just trying to think of who, what other movies that I... That would be buddy cops? That I really liked. 48 Hours, even though Eddie Murphy wasn't a cop. Yeah, so that I don't make that so a buddy cop. No. How about uh, Rush Hour? No, I'm, I'm, I, as much as I like Rush Hour, that it doesn't hold up the same way. Right. Um... Uh, because it wasn't it wasn't sold as like Rush Hour almost has I'm not gonna say it has too much comedy in it right but it, it like there's a there's a there's a little bit more realism in the uh, in yeah no I just wasn't a big fan so yeah I'm sticking with, I'm staying with you um had they done it because they mentioned in the documentary that at one point. There were talks about it happening, but it never came to fruition. And then obviously it eventually happened, but now they're old dudes. Had Schwarzenegger and Stallone in their prime did an action movie together, you think it would have been great or too much competition? Um, from what I understand, it was never addressed in this. Mm-hmm. They, they addressed it in a, in a roundabout way. Right. Um, they could have never made a movie in their youth, in their youth areas right. because they were both way too competitive and they there was a, a competition between the two that was so great that they couldn't have been in that movie and then from what i've heard sylvester sloan was really competitive and really didn't want anybody to outshine him that's why the tango and cash is such a big deal right. because that movie could only be made with kurt russell because if you when you watch this documentary kind of like how they got along uh, right, 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 right. kurt russell was willing to take that step back to make right because he you know Kurt Russell's been a star since he was a little kid with Disney I never knew that yeah oh shit so he you know he was established he didn't care he was enjoying making movies um I think that uh I don't think that they could have made a movie I don't think it would have worked out right um agree or disagree Die Hard is the best action movie ever made Die Hard is the perfect action movie, except for one scene. But other than that... What's the one scene? Where 
the, the very beginning of the movie, there's no ambulance in the truck when they get there. The truck is empty. It's just the people walking out of the truck. Mm. Oh, you pointed that. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. that before. That's just a mis- that's just a mistake, and they didn't go back and fix it because they felt if someone noticed that, then it was too bad. Fuck them. Right. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think it's the perfect movie for a couple reasons, though. Mm-hmm. One, they didn't have a real script, so they were making the script up, and so the script kind of fits what's going on with the characters, and they mm-hmm. built... You can't do that. I mean, right. honestly... You would not. You probably wouldn't take a project where they go. Yeah, we don't have a script. We're 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 going to get the pages to you as soon as we can. Yeah, I would. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, you know what the chances of that are working. Right, are. right. You know, uh, for them, it worked out great, um, and they were able to actually pick up on uh, what's his name? Who's the who's the lead in that? Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce. Willis. I'm just forgot his name and stuff. Yeah. Um, Bruce Willis's uh, comedic character, they were able to draw more on that than they ha- would have if they had already had the script already written out. Right. Um, I-, I think that's why it makes this perfect movie. And then there are limitations. There, there were certain things that they couldn't do that may have been overdone or ruined it, like with the, uh, the scenes with the helicopters, and they can only do the one shot, and they were planning on doing a whole two days, and they right. only were able to do, ended up doing like it in three hours or something right. like that. I mean, limitations... Uh, some of the best scenes in Rocky because of the limitations financially. Limitations can make you very creative. And I, I, I love the fact that he truly was a, a, a normal Joe. You know, he, he didn't come in with the muscles and all of that. And then on top of that, not having no shoes, yeah. running around with no shoes and socks. Like, did, I just think that that's such an interesting way to go with it that makes it vastly different. Well, not only is, but he's a regular Joe, as you said, but he's also a cop. So it gives him a little bit of uh, credibility as right. the as the uh, action person that he he knows his way around uh, gangsters, criminals. Right. Uh, he knows how to use a gun. But when you say he's a cop, I could just as easily go, yeah, but so was Sly and Cobra. But it didn't, he didn't come off, he didn't come off like, Cobra is a movie cop. He felt like a genuine cop, cop. Yeah. regular dude. Dude, Sly and Cobra just came off as a stylized. I'm a badass. Well, that's what happens when you put too much on something, right. and they didn't have it. They didn't have the time or the know how. Had they known what they were doing, right. they might have fucked up the movie. Mm. You know that is why why I think it's a perfect movie, and and you know everything is based on that. You know they they made all the the sequels, but it's all based on that what they set up in the original movie, right? Uh, and then they did they they've taken it you know as far as they could go with it. But I, I really think yeah, that's to me it's the perfect action movie, not just the the best. It's the perfect one. I didn't know, and you know, thank God certain things play out the way they do. It's it's like this is where you go, Destiny. I'm glad Destiny had a hand in. What was supposed to be? I didn't know that Die Hard was originally supposed to be played by Frank Sinatra. Sinatra dude. dude, on the documentary I watched about Die Hard, uh, this was a long time ago that I watched it, uh, quite a while ago. Um, yeah, he had first right of refusal because it's based on oh. something else that they already did. And I like that Frank would, you know, how cool is it that you're so secure as a human that you go, I'm too old to play that guy. I'm not playing that guy. It wasn't even a thought to him. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. <laughs> I wish I could sing like just Like Eddie Murphy said in, in uh, uh, fucking uh, Delirious. Yeah, like Elvis, they had to sing all this dialogue because he couldn't act. 
Elvis, we're going to win this race. We're going to win this race. <laughs> Elvis, want some lemonade? Lemonade. That cool, refreshing drink. Like Sinatra just singing yippee ki yeah. motherfucker. I'm glad that didn't happen. Um, dude, you know, uh, again, my greatest, my two favorite Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Uh, Bloodsport, which I didn't know was based on actually a real thing. There's a real yeah, cat, yeah, Frank I didn't, Dukes. I, I, I didn't know that. Uh, and Kickboxer. Dude, I have no love for Jean-Claude Van Damme. Not at all. I don't know why. I just never... I just... He might as well be... Uh, Oh, uh, what, whatever. Chuck Norris to me. Uh, I mean, I I think Chuck Norris is much cooler than he is. But I mean, I just didn't have. I, I didn't. You have, didn't like Bloodsport. It was all right. You saw Kickboxer. Yeah, it was all right. Really? It's just him. I don't know what it is about him. You know what it is? It's the booty shot. <laughs> Watching him put his draws on. I just didn't have it for him that way that I had for uh, other action stars, right. especially in the martial arts genre. I just it didn't. He never. The muscles from, uh, you know, I think that's the, that that right there. The I muscles think, from, from Brussels. Brussels. That right there was just enough to me go, <laughs> nah. His, he, at the apex of his Van Damness, his two biggest hits, Hard Target and uh, Time Cop. He didn't like any one of those. Time Cop, I did. I got to admit that if, out of all of them, Time Cop was the one that I, I kind of. Okay. But. He just whatever it is about him, right? I could go, yeah, that was a good movie, and then go, then you know, as I think about, but douchey, little douchey, I'm just not into him. I uh, love that line, and when Pablo Francisco does the Jean Claude Van Damme joke, and he does the movie guy voice, it's Jean Claude Van Damme, and the same shit you've seen over and over again. <laughs> Oh, boy. And, I still, and I still say to this day, Jackie Chan ruined uh, Van Damme and Seagal's careers. Because when Jackie came out, here's a motherfucker doing his own stunts, incredible stunts, at 100 miles an hour. And then now we're supposed to still be in love with Van Damme's one move, aerial spin back kick. kick. Always. Or, 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 or uh, Steven Seagal's karate chop to the throat that sends you and your feet flying in the air like Charlie Brown uh, after Lucy's pulled away the football. Listen, that's the other one that I I, I, I wanted to like him. Uh, Steve Zagal? Yeah. Am I CVG? Am I CVG? I, 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 him. Douchey. The, him, he comes off douchey. The ponytail, the dude is, when he, that one where he's the chef, the cook on the, on, on the ship, Ryback, Casey Ryback. And he's just beating people with fucking spoons and shit. Fuck this dude. Hey, private, check out my pies. Just don't burn my pies. Get the fuck out of here. I did like, yo, his, and to me, well, no, uh, the siege was the apex of his Steven Seagalness. You look, man, you got Tommy Lee Jones playing opposite you and Gary Busey. So, you know, but to me, his 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 raw uncut cocaine was his first two movies. Above the law. And I want to say uh, I can't think of the name, but the one with the Jamaicans, I, you know, I don't know what it is, but the only thing that I really he broke that nigga in half. The thing that I liked about him and I don't even know if it's true, but I, I at the time when I was young and he that's when those two movies were hitting. 
Uh, I I found out he was Kelly LeBrock's boyfriend, uh, boyfriend at the time, and I was like, that dude is 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 throwing it in Kelly LeBrock, and so that. But but you also, I think that was because he put her in that movie, the one with the Jamaicans. And you know, listen, when you're a young up and coming chick trying to make a way, and you get to be the female lead opposite a big star at that time like him. Do what you got to do. I but I was, she was something when she was in uh, Weird Science. That's when she. Oh, you know that was my it's mine too. My jack off movie, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> bitch. She Weird Science. Oh, I beat off. Oh, <laughs> so so that was you know, and then you find out that the dude with the and and it's not who that he had it, who do it the white boy hot shot. <laughs> right, and it's not the the long hair. It's the ponytail. It's not. That he had long hair. Right. You can have long hair. Be cool, man. Grow your hair right. out. I had long hair. The ponytail. Just it just But he but but between the ponytail and the douchiness. It's all the it's, it's yeah. It's too much for me. And it doesn't it obviously it doesn't hold up the same way. Um yeah, man. Not 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 a fan of either. I would have liked those two to fight and accidentally kill each other at the same time. In their movie. Yo, he literally broke a nigga in half. And that, I wish I could remember the name of that movie with the Jamaicans. But he took the dude and he cracked him over the leg, over his leg, and that nigga's body broke in half, nigga, like a like a fucking folding chair. Like, come on, man, come on, man. I was gonna look it up, but yeah, no, could you please? Because it's killing me. Uh oh. Dun 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 you, you dun see. dun. Under siege. No, but this is this easy way to get to his movies. They all come up here. Steven Seagal's movie where he breaks in the game. <laughs> if it gives you the answer, Exit Wounds? One no, that's moment. 2001. This I was... didn't get that. Try tapping above to edit. What year do you think that was? Oh, I made a lot of movies. It's been in it, was, it was literally his second movie of his career. After Above the Law. Steven Seagal's second movie. Here are some Steven Seagal movies. It was after Under Siege. Out for Justice. Because they're it's it's hard to kill 1990. Above the law is not 88. Above the law is and then 1990s hard to kill. That's the set. That's the remake. That's the, the. He didn't have anything going on for a few years. <laughs> he made that. He uh, did a remake. It's not a remake. It's a uh, what's it called? It was a sequel, wasn't it? No. 88 is above the law. Okay. Everybody's shouting it out. I know. You know. I. God damn it. I want to say it was the one you said. Uh, there's also uh, On Deadly Ground. No, no, that ain't it. That was the one about uh, the Indians. Oh, yeah. Well, he, that's another reason I can't. <laughs> Again, I love when Patrice said, yo, when did uh, Steven Seagal stop doing karate? This motherfucker just walk into a scene, got his arms folded, hanging above his belly, hang on, leaning on the top of his belly. He just comes in and goes, sub, 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 and then leaves. It might have been hard to kill. Hard to kill. I, I really think it's hard to kill. Who do it? The white boy Hacha? 
Yeah, I think it's hard to kill. Did you pull it up? Yeah. See a bunch of black faces? No, you know. You know how this works. This is hard to kill right here? Yeah. Oh, that definitely ain't it. Plus, he's fatter. God damn. Yeah, I, I, fuck. All right, so send it into us, guys. <clears throat> Um, now we get to that part. Which part? Oh, total recall. Did you get to total recall? Uh, here's my question. I got two questions for you. Um, <clears throat> Judge Dredd, the remake or the original? Neither. Really? Yeah. Total recall, the remake or the original? The original. You said that with gusto, man. Yeah. Dude, that original. You didn't like, uh, what's my man's name that starred in that? The, the, Really Irish actor, yeah. good-looking Irish dude. I, I I don't even remember his name. I know who he is. Right. Uh, he he did that one cool film where he's in the phone booth. Oh, that was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Colin Farrell. Yeah. Um, dude, no, not at all. Because the original, there was so much again limitations that they right. had to do it in. Uh, and they said, and it was funny because when you're watching this documentary, they said it looked like it was going to be the worst movie ever made right. you know, and they cut a lot they said they cut a lot of the budget right. and they, there is something about that movie I know, and a young Sharon Stone too yeah uh, there's something about that movie I think his name is, is Ronnie Cox the guy who said the thing about let artists be artists, artists yeah he was in Total Recall it's what, yeah. and this was another putting my dick on the table moment that I loved he was talking about the budget getting out of control and it was like uh, yo we want everybody to fly to, I think they shot it in Canada or wherever they shot it. Mexico. It was Mexico. That Mexico. Was he goes, I want everybody. Uh, we're asking. We're asking everybody to fly coach. And Ronnie said, is Schwarzenegger flying coach? Well, no, not him. He goes, well, then Ronnie Cox doesn't fly coach. <laughs> Put your dick on the table, Ronnie. And and Ronnie was also uh, Bogomil in, in, uh, in uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought Total Recall just that genre uh, when they say it's action it's kind of it's action but it's just different dude the the uh, the taxi driver that's the the computer that right. he rips at, I, there was just something special about that movie and the time it took place and what it was right. and the fact that there's two movies going on and you don't even know it until the end which which one which reality right. you're living in um the little dude, the, the 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 little dude that lives in the other dude. That, oh fuck! Oh oh oh! Uh, God damn it! I know, I know. I can't think of the. He's, fucking he, they name. talk about him throughout the whole movie. Yeah, that's what yeah, yeah. When and he's he, inside the black, black dude. Yeah, when he comes out. I mean, it. it there's some. The three titties. Yeah, the three titty woman. There, there's just something about that movie that it was at the right time in the right place. And and, and when you talk about the special effects. That great scene where he's playing, where he's in the robot, the white, the white woman, and oh, she yeah, yeah. starts freaking out, and the head opens up, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then when he tosses the head to the one of the bad guys, and and she, and she said something about, "Get ready for a surprise." Nice. You could see where the technology she was limited. Up yet. Yeah, it hadn't caught up yet. Yeah, but uh, that was cool when they pulled the thing out of his, the tracer out of his nose. That was really right, cool. Right. Uh, and you know, they're using, you know, th none of this is CGI. They're actually like using, uh, mannequin heads and right. they're using, you know, all, all these things to be able to get this done. 
I, I thought it was, I, I, there's something so creative and so incredible about that movie. And, you know, people who are a lot younger than us right. might say mm. that they like the, the remake because it's up to I date. I at all. Uh, I just thought that this just, you know, again, right place, right, right. time, right movie, right script, right. made sense. And then you get to the end and, you, and you're, you're like, okay, well, which one is it? And you don't know. They right. don't give you the answer. Um, I thought it was great. But you didn't like Judge Dredd with Sly. Nah. I, I, Damn, I, dude! Some of some some of the okay. I give I give Sly a lot of credit for for being who he is, but being a great actor kind of comes and goes with him. It it kind of rolls with him. Right. I, like, in some movies he hits it, and in other movies I'm like, Copland. You think he hit it? That was an interesting movie at the time, right? But do you think he hit it acting wise? Because that was supposed to be the big, yo, Sly could really act movie. You know, it was, it was Sly, uh, it, you know, it wasn't Rocky. It wasn't any of the other characters he right. played. It wasn't a Rambo. I mean, he did, he did his job in it. It wasn't silly like, like Tango and Cash. Yeah, there's something there, but man, he's just not. He's there's. I don't see Academy Awards in his future. He's a great. Right. He's great Dang. at what he does. He's a great entertainer. Um, I, I don't think I, I. I think he's a much better actor than I could ever be. But you know, there's a. This is a business where you want some people are are movie stars and other people are like really great actors. He's a movie star, right. and I'm not trying to shit on him for that, right? Because I really respect the fuck out of him. Uh, I, I just think it's just. That it's you know people. I don't think people can get past that. You, you might you might be right because I want to say that there's times I watch him. I go, oh, that's really good. Right. It doesn't. I don't. Did you ever see the movie uh, with Sly and Schwarzenegger in the prison with the prison made of glass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Did you like it? I that was interesting. Right. But it wasn't. You know. Right. I mean, I I, I would want to see it. If I not, if I, I had to. I just would have been interesting to see if they, if, if they would have came together when their skin was still pristine, that would have been interesting. It's like Nat, when they seeing them together now, it's like, you know, Pacquiao and Mayweather. Like we just getting it too late. Well, dude, it was just such a weird time when they could have times that they could have got together. And, and then Sylvester Sloan did some weird shit too. Like when he made that movie with Dolly Parton. Ooh. Ooh. That's one of the worst movies of all time. That and uh, we're not even going to count, like I said, the comedies. Uh, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot or Oscar with Marissa Tomei. So let's just put those way down deep in the dumpster. But not only the one with Dolly Parton, that other movie about the arm wrestler. Over the top. Yeah. Dude, I wasn't against that movie. Oh. Oh. The only problem I have with it, it's the same movie. You thought that movie was cool? You, you kind of like that? I thought it was, you know, I wasn't as mad at that movie as I am at some of the other movies. Uh, you put that over Judge Dredd? No. No, probably not. <laughs> Come on. I, I don't know. It, it was There was some funny scenes in it. I mean, you know, you know too, though, um, Clint Eastwood. And this is the precursor. I'm going to say he's the precursor to, right. to this, to uh, Sylvester Sloan. He he was, he did those uh, every which way but loose movies. And and, some, mm -hmm. and I thought we were going to get something like that from him. 
and right. that never occurred. Right. Uh, it, there were some attempts, and I think that that over the top was kind of that to me, is what it was. Right. Agree or disagree? Terminator Two blows Terminator One away. Now you want to talk about when we saw CGI and what it was capable of, dude? <clears throat> when the when the when the liquid Terminator comes from the floor, when he did the thing where he pointed his finger and turned it into a stabbing and put it through yeah. the fucking. Come on, man. Yes. Uh, as far as the technology, technology had went up leaps and bounds by the time that got there. So right. it was it was great. But dude, what they had to use to make Terminator One, dude, just the the the, the music, dude, Terminator One when, on a scale of one to ten to me, it's like a four. Arnold wasn't able; they gave him no lines because he couldn't act. That's a role he was destined to play. It was the perfect role for perfect him to make him, him who he was because he came from Conan the Barbarian right. to doing this. The, the right. and, and, and the one line that he had that was, I'll be back. I'll be back. Dude, the technology to put you in his eye, in his face, and you, you're reading what he's right. saying. Dude, just the movie itself, I, I'm not going to... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that to Terminator One. No, Terminator oh. Two does not get made without Terminator One. All the groundwork was there. The technology hadn't caught up yet. And I mean, it was so bad because they did that stop frame photography to get the right to get the Terminator right. when he's coming after her. Yeah. I mean that. Yeah, dude, that opening scene in Terminator Two when he goes into the bar, give me your boots, your clothes, and your motorcycle or whatever. <clears throat> and that whole, the dude trying to burn him with the cigar, him throwing the guy on the stovetop, and coming out to that George Thorogood, bad to the bone. Oh, so good. Dude. So good. But everything that was available in Terminator, if they've had that, if they had the technology in Terminator 1, I think they could have delivered uh, uh, something that would have rivaled that. But they didn't. And I that liquid shit though that they did. Oh. I mean, that was at the top. That was oh. they were riding the edge of what they had the capability to do to do that. Come with me if you want to live. Oh goodness. What did you think about uh the Terminator though in Terminator 2? The the guy that they picked. Um I used to know his name too. The liquid metal guy. Yeah. What did I think about him as an as if you were if you were casting that, did you choose him to do that to to be the Yeah, I mean, because he really you know, the mo the thing was the, the the liquid metal. Yeah, not the actor. Yeah, but he when he like when he dissolves or liquefies and then comes into the and then he's sitting next to the dude in the helicopter. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not again, not messing with anybody's career or anybody how good anybody is. There wasn't something more like menacing a, a person that still looked normal I, and I menacing. Don't think, I don't think you needed that. Because know. the star of what that was was the was the effect. Effect. I don't know. I just I I've always I always thought that that was an <clears> odd. <throat> like you, everybody, like you said, Arnold was born to play that part, right? I, I think there was someone who was born to play that other part, and I I, nah, I don't think it mattered. All right. Uh, and of course, you know him from uh, The Sopranos. Yeah, the dude who was the gambler who was you know yeah. uh, he he's been in, uh, you know he has a career. One of the movies I liked with him was. Uh, 
that alien movie where uh was it was it Bill Paxton? Get the 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 alien uh takes him up into the ship and uh the guy's missing for a couple of days and eventually comes back. Too. You're looking for his name? Yeah, I want to see who he is. Edward Furlong is the kid, man. That that's Ooh. a weird and he uh he he spoiled like milk, nigga. Yeah, then he didn't he didn't age well. But also think shit, you know. Oh, speaking of which, wait, 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 wait turn back for go, wait, what is this? Let me pull it up. Dude, do you remember her? What's her name? Um, oh shit, I went too far. Jeanette uh, Goldstein. Do you remember her? Yeah. Alien nigga. Yeah. The Hispanic tough lesbo chick. I did not know that till they showed it. Like that was her? Woo. Dude, these careers, man. Boy, Hollywood, boy. I don't even see him in here, the guy. But she, what movies are you pulling up? What? This is Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Oh. Yeah, she wasn't in Terminator 2, was she? Yeah. Yeah, she must have been one of the people that... Uh, Patrick something. His name is Patrick. Uh, the cast of Terminator oh, I 2. Had, I had the wrong... Oh, no, this is the deleted... There's deleted scenes. Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> From the Sopranos, yeah, he owed Tony money because he was uh, went into gambling debt and uh, Tony smacked the shit out of him in his office. Uh, you got my money? Tony, I don't have it. Get up. Tony, I would never offend you. What? <laughs> it started. It started. I'm getting leads on the building. It's in the mail. Go back to your fucking oven. Stevie, you're doing a good job. <laughs> Davey. That was his name. Dude, he's been in all kinds of movies that I don't even remember that, uh, that Robert. It's a flying fucking Valgova. It's the flying Valgova brothers. Man, careers, man. <clears throat> careers in this business. Not now, Davey. Get back in your fucking oval. Davey, you're doing a good job. All right. Um, uh, you ever, were you ever into John Woo? Yeah, no. I, that, John Woo filmed uh, one of my favorite. Hard, hard Target. He did, but the one that I, I, I liked that face, face off with Nicolas Cage. And, uh, you like that? I do. I didn't think that was bad, man. And I like how it's filmed. Patrice shitted all over. Not, but no, no, not Patrice. Jim Norton shitted all over that movie. Shit all over it all you want. There's some very goofy scenes in there, and I get it. But he the, said the face thing with this. When Nicolas Cage goes, <laughs> face <laughs> off. Dude, I, it allowed two different actors Ooh, to do good something. looking. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a cool like the way that they got to John play. Travolta was good in that, and I, I I that was good and that that scene where he comes out with the capes and he has the guns yeah that's the John that's the John Woo signature right right that scene alone is I went yeah I'm, right I'm gonna watch this movie yeah that's not a bad movie I don't want, but I'm telling you man you, Jim Norton it's worth it to go to YouTube and listen to him on Opie and Anthony uh, 
And shit on it. And shit on that movie. Because Patrice was like, dude, you're not going to ruin this movie for me, Jim. Because he, and, and the more Jim shitted on it, the more Patrice started to turn around and go, yeah, I see what you mean. There's a lot of problems with the movie. I'm not going to deny right. the problems with the movie. But it's it's still... It, 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 there's something about that movie. It just there was it was yeah it was on it, it was on it's it's on a time period that it made sense. Now I'm gonna get to your girl. What's what's okay? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna lob this up for you, Duncan. You said one of your best titty scenes for a woman <laughs> in a movie. Your favorite titty scene. You know what it is? Yeah, that's uh, the the of uh, Trading Places. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Dude, I, I, I didn't remember till they mentioned it. You know what Trump's that? She don't even show it titties. True lies. That strip scene, dude. Pretty good, right? Yo, Jamie Lee Curtis got body nigga. Legs, but that strip scene in, in True Lies. Oh my God. You think her strip scene's better than um I forget her name. Demi Moore. Demi Moore and Strip T in that one movie. Don't you, don't you love how I knew what the fuck yeah. you was talking about before it even came out of your yeah. mouth? That's how men's dicks are wired. You see, you put up the dick antenna and went. You heard that shit. I heard that, and my dick antenna went up and went. And I knew exactly what you was talking about. Um, I told you, I know Demi Moore is a sexy motherfucker to me. Um, and that voice? That voice. Like I said, you know, I ain't beat off since I was 16. I almost beat off, nigga, on, on disclosure. You get back here and finish what you started. Oh, but to answer your question, I still give it to Jamie, nigga. Yeah, okay. Because strip tease, you knew what that was. She was, and she went there. Yeah, she went all out. She went all out. Jamie wasn't trying to go all out, and it's still... And, and that goes back to about the gore that we talked about. Sometimes right. your brain can do right. better work right. than actually seeing right. it. Uh, those are equal to me, man. I, I, I get what you why you like the one that right. you like. Demi Moore. Right. Oh, okay, those are... Okay. But which, but which, which do you like better, the, the trade in places titties or the strip scene? Well, I have to take you back to the time it was and the fact that I wasn't expecting those titties to arrive. Okay. It was such a it was such a gift. It, right. it was such an a you know. And, and listen, it's so funny because in in the eighties, like every woman in a movie had like a, a like a nude scene for no right. reason whatsoever. And uh, that movie was a comedy, and I was not expecting that. And when right. I saw that, I was like, "Damn, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah, man." Um, you know, they said uh, as the demise. Of Schwarzenegger, the decline, rather. The melting? The melting. <laughs> As the decline of Schwarzenegger and Arnold started to take place. One which is inevitable because you get old and you just can't, it doesn't sell the same. But two, they said back in the 80s, you had guys who weren't the greatest actors. So the muscles is why it was such a factor. They said, why not just hire guys who can really act and teach them to fight? And I remember the one guy said, who was a martial artist, and they brought up as an example the Bourne movies. And he goes, I hate that shaky camera. Because what it does is it fools the audience. Because it moves in the quick cuts, 
you can tell these guys can't really fight. But when the with based on what they've been taught and the shakiness of the camera and the quick cuts, they're masking the fact that they cannot fight. And it looks good and it looks like they know what they're doing, but they don't. I guess if you're a true martial artist and your technique, that matters. To a movie fan, that should look good, man. No, because there's enough fight in there to look that it does look good. Yeah. So I mean, I, Born I, I had like no problem with your ass. Yeah, I had no problem with the Born. Right. Movie. I thought those were all good, but when they show and uh, that when they're talking about that and they show what Keanu can do, oh, and I just wrote, I wrote the irony. Yeah. That you're saying we're gonna put real actors and <laughs> action stars, but you know, teach them how to fight. Still ain't taught them how to act. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna change my opinion on Keanu right now. Oh no. No, here's what I'm gonna here's what I'm gonna say. A great actor puts himself in it, you don't you don't become that. You make you don't become what you're playing. You take what you're playing and make it part of you, and that's how you that's what makes a great actor. Mirror. Mirror. No service. Um that being said. Maybe Keanu just has such a huge personality that comes through. That's what makes it difficult for us to get past this Keanu. Because you know it, what makes it difficult for us to get past this Keanu? Mir. Mir. If my wife quits, if I quit my job and my wife gets better, then I'll hate her for it. That's what makes it. The maids are knocking on the door. No service. Um, you should have done it in a voice, though. I did. I did as Keanu. Yeah, but that was something that they would have recognized. The maids? Yeah, like you know Arnold Schwarzenegger. That would they would have went. Oh, Consuela, <laughs> no service, please. Uh, <laughs> I dug I dug a hole on that one. Uh, no, because he just his personality, who he is, just comes through. He right. can't help it. I I I because when you I love his new movies, man. Keanu's? There's those the what what are the John Wicks? Wicks? The John Wicks are great, man. They are, but the action to me is what is the star of the movie. There's no denying that. You could listen. You could put anybody in that role. No, you don't think any any regular top actor, Matthew McConaughey, Matt Damon. You could put anybody in that if that action is still what it is. That sells the movie. Do Matthew McConaughey saying, so you want me back, so I guess I'm now I'm back. I can't do a good <laughs> McConaughey, but here it goes. Uh, well, I guess you want to be back, so I'm back. <laughs> See, you couldn't it's do terrible. it. It's terrible. <laughs> couldn't do it. Oh, man. I guess you want to be back, so guessing I'm back. But that sound, you're going to keep... It's going to be hard. Okay, put Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. I guess you wanted me back, so now I'm back. <laughs> you might be right. Keanu Owens. I guess you wanted me back, so I'm back. <laughs> I hear you. That's like uh, uh, the footage. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as John as John Wick. Take one. Beep. I guess you wanted me back, so I'm back. Sylvester Stallone is John Wick. Take one. Beep. I guess you wanted me back, so I'm back. Matthew McConaughey. Beep. I guess you wanted me back, so I'm back. <laughs> Christopher Walken is John Wick. 
Take one beep. I guess you wanted me back. Now I'm back. <laughs> uh, That's right. so fucking funny. Um, oh, I, 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 this was another great quote when one of the guys said, uh, there are not many superstars because there's too many nothings. Yeah, that was really good. Uh, and then I wrote basically what would be the cause and demise of Sly Van Dam and Arnold. Yeah, that's such a great fucking quote. Uh, okay, I got two more notes and then we can get the fuck up out of here. Uh, when was the Die Hard franchise over? You know, I, I like the one with Samuel L. Jackson. That to me is when it ended. That was it. That was it. That, that, that To me, one was the best. Two was damn near close to one, but not as good as one. And to me, three was just, it was okay. I thought it was a little silly. Uh, I, I, Yeah, there's silliness to it, but it was supposed to be there. Okay. So you like three. But it, the, it was the writing was on the wall. That was it. That was it. That was it. Right. You and, know, they, because there was nowhere really to go with it at that point. Right. They've done six of them, right? I, I don't know how many they've done. That last one when he was in Russia and the dude with his son. I don't even, I, I didn't see that one. Oof. That's bad. I, there's a moment where I just go, no, we got everything out of that that we could. <laughs> right, right, and that's right, it. Right, that's it. Right. I'm not going. Um. Oh, dude, I, I wrote another funny skit would have been uh, if it was a porno. Uh, John Dick. John Dick? Yeah, with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and the, instead of shooting motherfuckers, his dick is the weapon. He just goes around. And what he does is the same way he fights in the movies, he fights the women. But then he eventually fucks them. <laughs> I think that's a problem on the podcast right now. <laughs> I, 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 you know what would be really funny though is if there was a martial art artist movie and you're watching the fight right and he's trying to fight like several different people in all those scenes right. and there's just one where you know there's not enough and his dick just comes out and just fucking does that throat punch that uh, that's funny just to like kapow, and, that goes, and it just goes back in you just see but, him out but, and come but back he, in but he has to jump up in the air first yeah. to get to your neck level and then from there the dick come out and whoosh, either chops the it's a dude or a woman? No, it'd be do it would have to be a dude to make this work, but would I you know, because it's gonna be a big fight scene. So it's like a Claude Van Damme uh split kick, two guys on each side, right? And then the one dude coming at him in the middle. In the middle, and it's just dick just comes out. Or or he he's fighting the women, and when he jumps up to throat level, the dick come out and it lands in the mouth. <laughs> And as soon as it gets in the mouth, she goes, oh. he goes, yeah. <laughs> just said, yeah. It's just, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I know. I, I know there's just too much. I'm telling you, there's a reason why they keep using him. He gets in the room and people want to work with him. It's his personality. And his personality is so big. It just overtakes those characters. Mm. He's going to get, uh, that's why they have to limit his lines because he's just too, his personality is too big. That's right. I'm, I'm going to go with that. Okay, and lastly, uh, you know, they it was described, especially when they brought up the movie uh, 
was it a movie or a documentary? The bodybuilding shit with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's a documentary. And then, and then what is it called? Uh, Pumping Iron. Pumping Iron. And then they now it's listed kind of as a semi autobiographical mockumentary movie. And I think because they want to, they want to play down the uh, uh, the things that Arnold said in those. Yeah, yeah, but it was you know semi rumored in Hollywood too, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was a little bit of a dick. And sexist. Uh, and, you know, back in the 80s and 70s, Ben could get away with that kind of shit. And I could just see, like, if they was doing the Expendables, but back in the 80s. Sly, I don't know why I'm throwing Al Pacino, Al Pacino into this, but Sly, Al Pacino, Schwarzenegger, Statham, even though I know Statham came in the 2000s uh, or late 90s, and, and Keanu was the 90s. If they were just all sitting around the set during a timeout and they were just having a boys be boys moment and Schwarzenegger is smoking a cigar and shit and he's just like hey Sly have you ever done a movie and accidentally beat up your female co-star you know you threw a punch and you hit that accidentally yeah hitting a woman it's hilarious <laughs> very funny beating up a woman <laughs> yo you know it's just one time one of my female co-workers gave me some lip so, you know, I had to go with Rocky Balboa on her, you know? And I hit her with the one-two to the sternum. I made the Rocky face, and I even put the snarl noise in. <laughs> you know, it took her at least 47 minutes before she could breathe again. <laughs> Funny. Hitting a woman in the gut. <laughs> Did she ever backtalk you again? Well, let's just say there wasn't going to be no sequels, you know? Hey, Keanu, you ever had to belt a woman? You know... I never actually hit a woman with a closed fist or an open hand. I just threw things at her. Objects. Oh, yeah? What'd you throw? Cans. <laughs> just cans. <laughs> hey, Al Pacino, did you ever have to pack smack abroad? And what are you drinking? I'm drinking a cappuccino. Pacino is drinking a cappuccino. I love how that rolls off my tongue. Pacino drinking a cappuccino. There was one time Beverly D'Angelo She's got a little lippy with me. So I balled my fist, flat, right to the gut. She made a noise that came out of her body. Oh, yeah? What noise did she make? Ooh, ah. Jason Statham, did you ever have to get physical with a broad? I'll never use me hands. Always just did a drop step back spin kick to the throat. That always did the job. <laughs> Funny, kick a woman in the throat. <laughs> Yeah, uh, hit a woman to the gut and then throw it. Hilarious. <laughs> well, I think that's it. I think that's it. You know, I think Sylvester, I'm not Sylvester Sloan, uh, Arnold's going to, I think he's he's buffing up again because he's working out with his son. Yeah, but it's a, that's an ugly, old muscle don't look right. I'm just saying he's he's connecting with his, uh, his son from his. Uh, from the maid that I fucked. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting buff for me and my son <laughs> so we can train together. That's what they're doing. Yeah, he calls in the morning and says, Dad, you want to train? I go, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. All right. Uh, so, where, so do I need to let everybody know where we're at? Yeah. Uh, let's see. They're listening to this one. We're going to be... Where are we? We're going to be in Virginia Beach when they're listening to this. No, shit. We're not in Virginia Beach when you're listening to this. We've already been to Virginia Beach. Uh, man. 
yeah, we're off the week you're listening to this. So cool. We're going to be in Columbus the following week, March 10th through the 13th. We will be in Columbus, Ohio at the Funny Bone. And then Aries will be at Arlington uh, Improv in that big state of Texas. Uh, the uh, looks like the 17th through the 20th. And then uh, I'm actually staying home to hang out with my kids. They're coming out to see me in Hoboken. And then we'll be at the uh, Cincinnati Funny Bone. It's actually in Liberty Township, uh, the 25th and 26th of March. And then the end of the month on 31st is our first night in Naples, Florida at the Off the Hook Comedy Club. And we'll be doing the whole uh, weekend there. So we'll be there till the uh, 3rd. And that's kind of it. Oh, you know what? I'm going to shout out uh, Baltimore Comedy Factory, though, too, because we're going to be out there. When are we going to be there? 7th through the 10th, man. Of what month? Of April. Okay. And the only reason I shout that out is because we're in D.C. right now. (coughs) And all of our shows were sold out. So if you came to our, you couldn't get tickets because we had a lot of people who couldn't get tickets. Uh, If you want to head over to the Baltimore Comedy Factory, we'll be over there. All right, you guys. What do you got, Aries? Um... For those of you that know, um, I'm waiting to see if my appeal goes through. Oh, yeah, yeah. <coughs> God damn. Uh, my uh, Instagram has been suspended because I just. I said you were on timeout. I, I'm, on a hard, I'm a hard-headed motherfucker, man. You know, I, I suffer from uh, Scarfaceism. Uh, where it's just. I'm like Scarface, man. Like one minute I can be calm. And then somebody just said something to, to trigger me. And it's just, it's like that scene in Scarface when he's, after he comes back from meeting with Sosa and he tried to make his own deal or, or you know, uh, and Fra- Frank Lozier, who plays Frank uh, in the movie, is talking to Tony and he says, uh, what are you going to do when, he just, uh, Pacino is like, uh, no big, uh, nah, I'm fucking gonna really do Pacino. Uh, uh, you know, we make a mo- couple of moves, couple of meals, couple of here, moves there, couple of here. Uh, you got a no problem, man. And he's like, uh, what you gonna do when the Diaz brother? Hey, fuck Gaspar Gomez and fuck the fucking Diaz brothers. I bury those cockroaches. So, this fucking, that white broad in Houston who called me nigga, uh, and was about to get beat up. 15 black women who they had to escort out of the Houston improv for calling me nigga. Uh, hit me up on uh, my Instagram and my DMs and said, oh, you're fucking racist. You're a hypocrite. I'm this, I'm that. Uh, you know, the way you try to bring, you know, you, you instead of bringing people together, you, you bring them apart. And you're very d- divisive. Is that the word? Yeah. Um, I was like, bitch, this is my motherfucking show. And then no, and, and so when you thought that I was separating the races because I was doing race jokes, did you see white people get upset? No. You're the only one that got upset. Everybody else, of the 500 people in that room, you were the only one that got upset. But you think the answer to that is to call me a nigga in the middle of my show? Like, like get the... And so long story short, I hammered into this bitch, man. I mean, shit that I wrote. I left some voice messages. I told that bitch, hey, you, if you feel that way, then if you really think you could get a pass just because you grew up with black people and you grew up, like a white girl named Natasha, just because you think you, 
grew up with niggas in, in, the, in the ghettos of Texas that it's cool for you to call black people niggas. If you really believe in that, then go on a world, let me say nigga tour and, and hit all the ghettos in America and say nigga and see if your ass don't get mopped the fuck up. And I left that message verbally. Uh, and I probably left, probably left five or six messages where I was like, bitch, your motherfucking ass, fuck you. So I know she's the reason why she she reported me, and I know that's the reason why my shit got suspended. So, uh, but she's the one who contacted you. Yeah, yeah, but I played into I played into that shit. Yeah, but, and I shouldn't have. But it was on your D. You didn't do it publicly. You didn't get her. Don't matter if somebody reports abusive behavior, and I already had like fifty strikes. So I I, I just needed to do one more thing. Uh, so Twitter, uh, Instagram. All I got left is Facebook. So if y'all want to reach me. You got to go on TikTok. Somebody was telling me that. And Anthony said he has me set up for TikTok. Yeah. But I don't know. What do you do? Just videos? Yeah, you can do. But you can just talk. Just do what you're doing on Instagram. It's the same. Really? Yeah. And people comment? Yeah. Really? I don't know how TikTok works. I mean. You I could... hate all this shit. Well, don't. I didn't have to do it. Well, pretty soon you won't be able to. So, we'll... <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, like you on TikTok? Um, I, I have a TikTok account. I don't use it. I'm, and everybody's telling me I got to use it because. This... But if you go to TikTok, like Instagram, you can re- people can comment to you and all that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't use it yet. You know, I got to tell you what I use TikTok for. I'm going to, oh God, I wish we would. I'm, you know what? I'm going to save this for the uh, other episode. Okay. Uh, the uh, this, the uh, tomorrow's episode. The Because uh, I want to talk to you. I want to bring this up because it's something I've been doing lately. And I uh, and it's like a guilty pleasure. And I don't know if it's gross or not. Would you tickle in your nuts? No, I'll, I'll talk to you about it on the other on the uh, next one. All right. We got to uh, go. We, we're, we already gave, we're an hour 45. It happens sometimes. I know. All right. uh, We got shows tonight, too. Hey, all. This is Steve from Garbage Bag Productions bringing you another artist who wants to be heard but doesn't want you to follow them at all. Today's track is from Vampire Sunny, a song called Holy Water. And as far as you are concerned, this is the only place on the Internet where you can find it. So if it ain't got social medias, is definitely Garbage Bag Productions. Check out Holy Water by Vampire Sunny. Yeah. EBK shit. Vampire Sunny, man. Yes, nigga. It's my city. It's my city. I know what the fuck it is, nigga. Hit up the ops and I'm a spaz, nigga. Nigga, load up that chop and I'm a blast, nigga. Chopping up, nigga. I put these demons on your ass, nigga. Nigga, I'm so corrupt, I feel like gas, nigga. I feel like niggas heard all them shots. Tried to kill a vampire, stick me in the heart. Laser beam on a stick, nigga. I don't miss a Martin. I gotta keep some holy water for these demons after dark. Make me redesign your look with a blade that's extra sharp. Tell these niggas it's a rap, dead carcass in a tarp. Shots make a move around like break dancing at the park. Hollow tips, chew bones like getting bit up by a shark. Get lit up with these sparks, split your wig in different parts.
part Trying to bring forth Satan Witches chanting in the dark Catch you slipping in the trenches Niggas blamed you while you parked Sliding through the op shit With high power weapons Call me headshot shorty I'm shooting every direction Cooking up crack from the raw to perfection Vampire in the trap And I still can't see my reflection You probably would've lived But death became the obsession Niggas would've ran off But didn't have the connection Little niggas getting wild Like a demonic possession Some Viraja straight bullets Rippling through your section How the fuck these niggas lacking A savage with no protection We the opposite in your set Lurking with no detection Now you at the cemetery Performing the resurrection Every February death spreading Just like infection And that's why we're hella cherry BBs inside the necklace Came a long way from bagging crystal at the crest All my friends is dead, nigga, it's a Rivian cycle All these demons that I'm with, you gon' need like 10 bottles I'm sliding every night to the little niggas find you It's a ghost inside the trap, nigga, look, it's right beside you We gon' hit the ops spaz, nigga, hit the ops nigga Load up that chop and I'm flash, nigga Nigga, I'm so cool, but I feel like gas, nigga Nigga, I'll put them demons on your way Thanks for listening to the Spears and Steinberg podcast. If you'd like to know who's responsible for this shit, well, it was hosted by Ari Spears and Andy Steinberg, produced by Steve Merrick and Anthony Holmes, executive producer, Big Papa, Robert Kelly, and Matt Kleinschmidt for the Laugh Button Podcast. For more information on where to find us on the internet, visit www.spearsbergpod.com. The test you said with conviction, it don't mean shit to me! Don't you think you're being kind of hard on the guy? You go fuck yourself, convict!